thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. We're having a good, good time. And uh, come in with your faith. Bring your faith. Get your Bible and get something to take notes on because we're believing God with you for answers for your life. You know, because every single one of us face opposition and we want to become more skillful in our response to that opposition. Amen. And we've been talking about some things that we want to just go up, go ahead and go a little further with today. So turn with us in your Bibles to Philippians chapter one and verse 28. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic translation. Paul is sitting in a place, you know, where it is, if I could say this, a pretty dark place for him. He's sitting in a prison, but it wasn't dark in him. And I tell you what, there are going to be, there are going to come things that face all of us that we would have rather bypassed, but it's at those places that we become skillful with the great, the greatness of the one who's in us. Amen. And Paul is writing to us in Philippians chapter one, verse 28. And he says, do not for a moment be frightened. I just, for some reason that just sits right with me that when something opposes, have you ever noticed this, that when you're faced with a test or trial, whether it's about your finances, whether it's about your body, whether it's about your business, your marriage, your children, no matter what arena is being attacked, there always comes with that attack, an attack on the mind. Why? Because, um, the attack that comes against you in some arena won't work on you until you think wrong. That's right. So the devil attacks the mind with any other attack because he's got to get you thinking wrong. Um, any Christian who is in bondage to the devil, if I could, no, let me restate that. Any Christian who is in bondage is not in bondage to the devil. They are in bondage to wrong thinking. They're in bondage to a mind that has not yet been renewed with the word of God. They haven't come into the way God thinks yet. So when people say, I just, I'm in bondage, then come into the right way of thinking. Find out through the word what, how God thinks and make that your thinking. Now, listen, I didn't say feeling. I said thinking because if people are going to walk by their feelings, they're going to feel under it. They're going to feel defeated. It doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what you choose to think. Amen. 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 
So any Christian who's in bondage is not in bondage to the devil. Why? Because Satan de- Satan's been defeated by Jesus. Right. He is not a victorious foe over us. Yes. So if we are in bondage to something, it's because we haven't yet agreed with God in our thought life that what God says is true. Yes. Amen. 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 So that's why the devil, anytime he attacks some arena of your life, he's going to also attack the thought life to try to get you to think wrong. Now, let's look at where is a situation when someone was thinking right and then they were thinking wrong. Let's look at Peter. He was in the boat with the rest of the disciples. Mm -hmm. Jesus came walking in the middle of the night on the water. Mm -hmm. He came across their path, so to speak. Peter sees him along with the others and Mm -hmm. says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Mm -hmm. He knew enough for this. Don't just step out until you have what God says about it. And he wasn't just jumping out there without the word under him. No one walks on water. He was walking on the word. He was working on, he was walking on the word come. So notice he's thinking right because he said, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. That's what's going to support him is what he said to him. It's not the water. It's what Jesus said. So he gets out. He's thinking right to get out, right, of that boat, to throw his leg over the side of that boat and, and start and start mm-hmm. believing he could walk on that word. Yes. Um, he was thinking right. In the midst of his miracle, he's walking on top of something, that word supporting him. Uh, then what comes... He, he notices the wind. The wind was blowing all along. Yes. Yes. He notices the waves, they're boisterous. They were there all along. But what happened is his attention shifted. Wrong thinking comes from attention that has been shifted away from the word. So he forgot the word come. Here, in the midst of coming, he forgot the word come. In the midst of his miracle, because a miracle was started, but a miracle also needed to be consummated. Meaning he needed to continue. He needed to be consistent. He needed to be constant. And um, when his attention shifted um, off of what Jesus said, his situation started changing. Yes. And so that's why the devil constantly, even if we step out with God and we step out on the word and we step out going the right direction to begin with, with that's why the devil is the whole time coming against the mind. He's trying to get the attention back here to the thought life instead of to what is in your heart. So Peter was very occupied. When he saw Jesus, he was very occupied. I want to do that. Bid me to do that. Bid me to come. He's got his attention on the word come the whole time he's throwing his leg over that boat. The whole time he starts taking those first few steps. But here came the attack on the mind. And when he shifted his attention from the word come, which landed here in his heart and went up to his mind. That's when he started, he started to sink, began to sink. 
Um, that's why the devil, no matter what arena he's attacking in your life, he's going to come against that mental arena. Yeah. He's yes. going to come against the thought life. Yes. Why? Because he's got to get your attention off of right thinking yes. right. onto wrong thinking. Yes. So he always attacks the thought life. And I don't care, like I said, if it's the financial arena being attacked, the physical arena being attacked, your home, your marriage, whatever arena, safeguard your thought life. Safeguard that thought life. Hold those thoughts in line with the word of God. Shut the door against anything that's going to pull your attention off of what God says. Never... Never hold to anything more than you be, more than you hold to the word. Amen. Never believe anything more than you believe the word. Amen. The devil's going to suggest thoughts, and I've said it before, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. Every thought that comes to you did not come from you. Right. You have to remember that. Just because it comes to you, that does not mean that that is part of how you think. So you have to recognize what comes to you. When people will say, well, I don't know if God's saying something to me or the devil. When God says something to you, it comes to your spirit and what's in your spirit comes up and enlightens your mind. When the devil speaks, he's not in you. So it can't come up because he's not in you. It has to come from out here against the mind. That's how, that's how you determine who's speaking to you. Where'd it come from? Did it come this way and hammering at the mind or did it come up, float up and enlighten the mind? When God speaks to you, he's not hammering your mind. He enlightens the mind. And there's a difference because there's a peace with that. That which comes against the mind, there's a troubling with it. It, it can just bombard the mind. So you have to learn if it's bombarding me, if it's trying to bombard my thoughts, I'm going to take a stand against it. I'm not going to put up with that. Amen. Amen. So that's why the devil is always, no matter what arena is being attacked, he's always going to join it with an attack on the thought life because he can't do anything to you anytime he wants. This is critical for you to realize the devil can't do anything to you anytime he wants. If he could, why would he have to deceive you first? He's got to deceive you into wrong thinking so that he has access to work what he threatened. So he's going to come with an attack on the mind. That's why Paul said, do not for a moment, not for a moment, do not be frightened. And I tell you what, that is such a comfort to know because there have been times when fear comes like a fiery dart, right? Listen, there can be a time when we walk completely free from fear, but there's never a time when fear won't try to come. But we can become so skillful with walking in our authority and the flow of the word that when it comes, I mean, we don't even hardly notice it. Or that we answer it so quick and it just shuts the door. But that's because we're consistent in exercising our authority. You know, Dad Hagen, I love the story. Um, you know, he was, as a young man, Dad Hagen was our spiritual father, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen. And um, he's gone home to be with the Lord now, um, back in 2003. But <clears throat> he was raised up off of a deathbed. And he said, after he, after he found out through the word how to receive his healing, mm-hmm. 
he was raised up off that deathbed when, when, when he began cooperating with God, so to speak. And um, he said as he was teaching in his Bible school 40 years later, 40, 50 years later, he said to his students, he says, I haven't had a headache in 40 years, 50 years. Well, he says, I remember the last headache I had. He was talking about when he had it on his deathbed Mm -hmm. before God raised him up. He had had a headache that had lasted for days. Uh And he says, I haven't had a headache in 50 years. (laughs) Now, he said, but don't misunderstand me. The opportunity to have one has come. I just... I just declined that opportunity. Then he was talking about how he had been saying that to his Bible school students one day. And he went in his truck to leave the campus after class one day. And he said, I got in the, I got in the, my truck. And he said, I sat down and a headache started trying to come. And he said, right there in my truck, I just popped myself in the head and said, no, you don't. <laughs> and he said, as soon as I did that, it left. Yes. Now, you say, well, I'm going to do that. And you can sit and pop your head all day and get nothing but a lump. <laughs> Why did he just pop his head and say, no, you don't, and it worked? A consistent lifestyle that every time something tried to come, no, you don't, no, you don't. But if people have been yielding, and yielding and letting the devil, yeah. letting the devil hold things right. on them. Yes. Yes. They can pop it and nothing's going to happen. Right. But if you'll keep popping it, yes. <laughs> if you'll keep standing yes. your ground, yes. you can run it off. Now, let me explain it to you this way. Um, we used to have a dog and we call him a walk up. We didn't shop for him. He just walked up. <laughs> and I opened the door. This was years ago in the 90s. I opened the front door to our house one day, and there was this dog. And he was a, he was a Heinz 57. You know, he's a mixture of everything. <laughs> and uh, you couldn't tell what kind he was because he was just everything. And he was there. I just opened the door, and there he was one morning. And he was a good dog. He was a nice dog. You know, a full-size dog. And... Uh, that dog became my, my oldest son's best friend. I mean, that dog loved Stephen, my oldest son. And that dog lived about 18 years with us before wow. he died, went home to be with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he lived a long time, and he would have been about two when he showed up. He was a walk-up. And he so loved Stephen, but I, you know, and I, I don't mind the animals in the house. You know, some people don't, but, you know, we never let the animals destroy the house. Mm-hmm. But we paid attention, you know. But some animals would get to live in the house, but some were more suited for outside, yes. you know. And this dog, Coco, he was suited for outside. He loved running the neighborhood. He was visiting everybody. <laughs> and um, so he didn't want to be in the house all the time. He liked, he liked coming in to see Stephen, but basically he liked living outside. And in Southern California, our weather is just, mm, it's nice. And yes. so you can be outside. But uh, there were times he wanted to come inside, and I really didn't want him in because, I mean, he'd walk in just chunks of hair. <laughs> would just fall off, you know, on the floor behind him. You've seen those, when it, you touch him, it's like, oh, why did I touch you? You know, because it just comes out by handfuls. So he wasn't always that welcome in the house. So if I answered the door and, you know, if I opened the door to go outside, he'd be like, and he'd just try to come right in real quick. And I, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. 
Well, if Ed or Stephen or my youngest son opened the door, they weren't as active at keeping him out. So he realized if he could get to Stephen's room, he'd take off running. If he get to Stephen's room, that's the safe, the safe spot. And so if he ever got to Stephen's room, you can get him out, but it was a lot more effort. You had to stay, you had to grab him and he was a strong dog and you had to pull and he's pulling back towards Stephen, you know, and it was just an ongoing thing and you could get him out, but it took a little bit more effort, took a little bit more, if I could say this, um, standing, standing against him. It was just easier to not let him in. I said all that to say this, when brother Hagen had that headache, try to come to him and he just went like this and popped himself in the head and said, no, you don't. It left. That's because he lives at the door with his faith. He doesn't stay back in the back room and have his faith way in the back of his life. He's got his faith right at the front door of his life, so to speak. And that's where real victory, that's what a renewed mind does. You're ever, you, you're ever on watch, ever on guard. You've got your faith right up front in your life. You don't go, where did I put my faith? I don't know where that faith went. No, you're, you're going to be at risk because things are going to get in and they're going to hide out in bedrooms. They're going to hide out in back rooms. And you're gonna, you can get them out, but it's going to take some effort now because you let them too far in. So the, the easiest way to live is just not letting them fall in. Right. But like I said, if you've let something in and you've let it stay in too long, you, the word will work. Yes. Use your faith. Use your word and get it out. But then learn to keep your faith right up front. Learn to keep it at the front door so that when things show up, it does not get past you. It's easier to live that way. It's the same thing with parenting. It's easier to raise children when you keep right up front with your authority with them. Then you're not having to clean up messes because you won't even let them in your house, you see. And so it's the same thing. When, this is what I so love about Paul's statement here in Philippians 1 verse 28, the Amplified Classic. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or adversaries. Not for a moment. He's saying, keep your faith right up front. Do not just let things come in and trouble your life for a season before you even start paying attention to what's going on. Be watchful. Be vigilant is what the word tells us. Amen. And when people aren't watchful and they aren't vigilant, then things start happening in their life that they shouldn't have happen. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. You know this, that if you don't consistently pay your bills, they can turn your power off. If you're not consistent paying your mortgage, you could be at risk of losing your home. Uh, to have victory, you have to be consistent even in the natural realm. Well, even so in the spiritual. Be consistent. You can't, we can't be half-hearted. We, we can't just be half-interested. Half interested. And so again in uh, Philippians 1.28, let's read that whole verse again out of the Amplified. Paul writing from prison says, do not for a moment be, be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy, now look at this, for you being constant, you being constant with what? With your faith, with the word. You being constant in your response. 
You can't respond right one day, uh, let the devil hold high carnival in your mind for three months, then come back and respond right one day and think that you're going to have consistent victory. We have to have consistent response to opposition, to adversaries. We can't be frightened one day and not frightened for a little bit and then frightened for three weeks. No, no. Don't go back and forth. The devil's watching. He wants to know. Listen, Coco, the dog, knew who would let him in the house and who knew who wouldn't. When someone opened the door, he knew, oh, I can get in or I can't get in by who it was at the door. The devil's the same way he's watching. Is your faith opening the door or not? Is your faith going to be there or not? And so here Paul says, for such consistency and fearlessness, with what? With not being intimidated, not being frightened, will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them. To who? The opponents and adversaries of their impending destruction. For, uh, but it's a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. So when you're consistent, you know that you're no, you know something. I'm, I'm redeemed from this. I had put up with this. Be consistent. When the devil sees you rejoice, he knows you know something. When he sees you not rejoice, he knows you've forgotten something. And he will attack you based on what, how he sees you respond. The devil is not all knowing. He does not know everything you're thinking. He does. He, listen, God knows our hearts. The devil doesn't. God knows your heart. The devil doesn't. That's why he's got to watch you and observe you to find out how to attack you. He's going to find out how to best gain entrance into your life by watching to how you respond to things. If he sees you rejoice when you get up in the morning, he goes, oh, they know something. They just know something. Amen. And they're acting on what they know. They're acting. They're consistent. When he sees us consistent, he knows don't mess with them. When he sees people inconsistent, he goes, come on, bring your buddies with you. Let's go after them. Amen. It matters what we show the devil. Why? He's watching. And we're, we're not frightened and we don't, we don't magnify him, but we're aware that we don't just have God watching. The, the enemy's watching and he's going to see my faith. He's going to hear my faith. He's not going to see me in offense. He's not going to hear me talk unforgiveness. I'm not going to do it. Because if I talk unforgiveness, he knows how to attack me now. Just put more people, in, just put more people around me who, who, who aren't lovely. Right? That's exactly what he knows. Amen. So know this, the enemy is watching you to know how to approach you. But if we're constant and show him, we're not afraid. We're not intimidated by anything that comes against us. We're paying attention. Amen. Um, We know this passage. I want to, I want us to go over to Galatians chapter six and verse nine. Galatians chapter six and verse nine. It says, be not weary for in due season, we will reap if we what? If we what? Faint not. If we're consistent. If we're consistent. There, there is a certain flow of victory that the consistent believer will enjoy. Victory belongs to all of us, but the inconsistent won't enjoy that flow because they're not watchful. Be consistent. I love what, 
I love what one precious woman who was a prayer, I mean, she, she was, she bore, she bore a lot of fruit through her prayer life. And one of the things she said is this, she said, Christians quit too soon. They quit too soon. They, they get it in their, in their mind, a time frame, a time frame. They start letting the clock or the calendar governor their faith. To govern their faith, they'll say, well, by Friday. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, sometimes if I could say this, we're, we're, we're right to say, sometimes the Holy Ghost will say, by the end of this month, this problem will be handled. And then you need to add your faith to that. But many times people put time limits on God. Now that's not called for. Well, if God doesn't do this by that time, you know, I'm going to go fix it myself. I'm going to go do something myself. Well, people quit too soon. And we've got to get to the point where the calendar or the clock doesn't govern our faith. The Word governs our faith. Amen. So that means hold to that victory is yours regardless of what it looks like. I said regardless of what it looks like. Be consistent. The more stubborn Satan is, you be more earnest. You be more persistent. Amen. Because we know this, Jesus won victory for us. It belongs to us. Look at Mark eleven twenty four. Remember when Jesus was quoting in that passage, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Really, Mark eleven twenty three is telling us, talk to things, they'll obey you. Yes. When he said, talk to the mountain, remember? Verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So that verse is talking about desires. Can I say this? Sometimes people aren't consistent because their desire isn't strong enough. Amen. Desire is not strong enough. They'll be okay to have to receive healing or receive prosperity or receive an answer met if it comes quick. But otherwise, they're, they, they let go. When you want something and you desire it, and you desire it to the right degree, yes. to where this thing's not leaving my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay hold of this. Yes. I'm not giving up on this. Those are the people who live in a consistent flow of victory. When they're, if I could say this, their interest level is high. Their desires are great. Sometimes people think they need more faith when they really need to stir up their interest level. They need, they need to get that desire going. Listen, I, we, we can all say we've put up with things we shouldn't have put up with. We've all done that. We've put up with symptoms we shouldn't have put up with. We've put up with not being able to pay our bills as, as quick as we should be able to. We've put up with stuff. And what we put up with, God will let us have. But if we ever say, wait a minute, I'm stirring myself up. I'm not putting up with things anymore. Our interest level comes up into laying hold of the victory that Jesus made ours. We start enjoying a lot sweeter life. <laughs> Amen. Well, I tell you, thank God for the word. I said, thank God for the word. 
And uh, we encourage you, what Paul said, don't be frightened, not for a moment. Don't be frightened. Don't be intimidated. Stand up on your authority and demand what God has made yours to be the flow of your life. You're not demanding it of God, but you're demanding the devil take his hands off of it. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time because we're going to keep going in this direction. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. God offers you His thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.